Welcome back to the Victim to Victor podcast. My name is Anu and I am your host. In my previous podcast episode, I discussed how the internet can be a toxic and scary place. I expressed my views on the subject of cyberbullying and the role that this plays on one's mental health. In this podcast episode, I will be discussing the social support system in the horrifying experience of domestic violence. I will reflect on my personal experience of how my very own partner put me down while many others supported me. Social support refers to one being part of a supportive social network of people who care and help you through any obstacles that life throws at you. Having a supportive social network is key to sustaining good mental health and can even assist you in coping after experiencing a traumatic event. Having a supportive group of people around you boosts your overall well-being and also seems to buffer against the negative effects of abuse and can actually help you to move on. Trust amongst the social support system is vital and the chances of the victim in seeking help are also enhanced. Once trust is violated, however, then they are less likely to want to share their issues with you. On the other hand, women who experience abuse may receive negative reactions from the social system. These reactions may be unsupportive and could end up blaming the victim. This could pose as a much further deterrent to women wanting to seek help. The persistence of the closed-minded, societal attitudes who seek to maintain traditional gender roles justify male dominance over women. This only impacts the abused woman's willingness to disclose her violent experiences and to seek social support. When severe abuse is met with stigma in this community, women will less likely want to disclose their problems to family members and even less likely to disclose the situation to outsiders, to the police or to other formal service providers. In many cultures, it still stands that in cases of domestic violence, the community may expect you to reconcile and to keep your problems a secret from the eyes of society. This may be for the sake of social image. Separation or divorce still remains taboo in many cultures and in a disintegrated family, this can be regarded as dishonourable. If you're pressured to continue your suffering in silence for the sake of the holy matrimonial relationship of what we call marriage, we can safely say that cultural and family values limit the choices to seek help. And so are the reasons leading to tension or conflict within women's social networks an issue? Another aspect in the same school of thought could be that in some circumstances, these close-knit people refuse to help because they are afraid. They are afraid of getting involved because they believe that the abuser could bring harm and problems into their own families. Let's talk about the effect. The effects of intimate partner violence and victimisation on mental health is lasting and difficult to mitigate. The short-term and long-term effects such as stress, necessitating ongoing coping and adaptation, criticism, conflict and negative responses to women's experiences and trauma from those within her network have been found to compromise the mental health by affecting the victim's self-esteem. Moreover, in the presence of increased social conflict, a woman's limited time and energy are diverted to deal with the intrusive costs of social relationships, in addition to the existent trauma of abuse. As a result, women may be less likely to address health problems or make proactive health promotion efforts. 
Above all, the stress and trauma suffered by the victim can influence cortisol and catecholamine levels, which contribute to the persistence of post-traumatic stress disorder and even increase cardiovascular diseases in trauma survivors. So how about the guidelines? Now I can suggest some tips to help you or your loved ones out of this lump of abuse as a supporter, how you can be perceived as approachable and comforting for them to open up to and to unleash the truth to. For starters, don't be dismissive of them. These people are in an extremely sensitive position. If they sense even a hint of disinterest from you, they will bubble back into their shield of isolation and could lose their trust in you. Even if you don't have extra tangible resources to spare, you can act as a pillar of strength and radiate emotional support by staying connected with people. Constantly check up on your friends and tell them that you are just one call away. If possible, you could offer to live with them so that they don't feel alone. Be patient. They are broken people. Allow them to express and to openly speak up about their abuse. Second, share your own experiences and your own advice with them. This creates a safe and communicative environment for survivors to rely on you. If the victim has eradicated all their ties with their abusers, speaking up will help them to move on and to create a fresh beginning. Thirdly, suggest support groups and help them with the paperwork for a speedy escape to freedom. I would conclude on that note that social support indicators do indeed play a key role in the factors in fostering resilience amongst abused women. If you want to know how I survived domestic violence, my own personal experiences and how I emerged from the excruciating pain, you may want to read my book, Victim to Victor. Link in the description below. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please leave me a five star rating on Apple Podcasts and do not forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at healing.journey. I will be back with another podcast soon. Until then, take care, stay blessed and stay empowered.